0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast where you get to learn about branding, marketing, and growing your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman and today I am joined by Natasha Knopf, a licensed marriage and family therapist, co-owner and co-founder of Evergreen Counseling, a private practice in Wheaton, Illinois that launched in 2018. It is almost two years old. Welcome to the show, to the show Natasha.
1: Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um... I'm really happy to be here. First of all, thank you for inviting me um, to your show. I feel very honored. Uh, Also, when you were sharing my introduction, it's kind of hard to believe that it's almost been two years. It simultaneously (laughs) feels like we've owned the practice or my business partner and I have been in business together with the group practice for like a decade. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) it feels like we just started yesterday. Um, But I do think that's par for the course with how old we are. Um, and really, all of the changes that we've gone through with like branding, our in-house training, really the people that have come and gone um, for you know various life reasons. So yeah. it's been a wild journey.
0: <laughs> well, there's two things, uh, two unique things that I know about you, Natasha. The oh. first thing is the first thing is that you are an identical twin, which yes. means which means that you had you have had a unique and special relationship from the womb with your sister. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. and you are also a co-owner uh-huh. of a private practice, which means you have a unique business relationship with your business partner, Priscilla. Yes. So I'm curious, how has the experience oh of God. being a twin has overlapped with you being a co-owner in a private practice?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm so glad you started us off with that. Um, I do think that, so I'll tell you the, the twin the twin phenomenon, I'll call it, with Evergreen, my story, Priscilla Dean, my business partner, her story. Um, it's so funny how that overlaps. So, uh, and it comes out everywhere. I will say that um, when we have uh, interviewees, when we have, um, just people we meet with networking marketing like every time we meet someone it tends to come up so your question is on point <laughs> so <laughs> i you know i'm an identical female twin uh, so I, my twin and i are identical um i you didn't mention this in your question but my business partner priscilla we well i will say we are 50 50 owners everything is as um shared as can be um but she is also an identical twin <laughs> 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 i knew that would hit you really well um So Of course, of course. Of course course she is, right? So there's another layer to your question. So she and I both grew up with these close partnerships. So I mean it makes sense that we would both want to and gravitate and work well with an identical other. And she and I are very close in age. I will say that, you know, she's just a couple years older than me. We're in our early thirties. Um, so it's not like we have a big age gap to bridge or anything like that. So we do, I mean, we're, kind of, we're of the same generation. But I really believe that that overlap of like how we were, we came into the world makes our partnership work well together. Um, and it and I never really considered starting a pra- group practice without another co-owner. And she, she has the wow. same just intuitive sense of like, I always was going to do this with someone else. And then we ended up meeting together at a large practice when we were supervisees together. We got she got licensed a couple of years before me. Again, we're close in age. Um, so yeah, so we just naturally have those partnership skills.
0: Okay, I mean, like the statistical anomaly, like uh-huh. identical twin births. Because you know, as you know, we have identical twin girls. Yes,
1: and I was going to mention <laughs> and, that if you weren't going to say it. And <laughs> yeah, uh, we it. are
0: they're six years old, and we are seeing that twin anomaly. I mean, you it are. is great i mean just everything just there's so much it's just and we have a son and mm-hmm. the things he deals with i have nothing to do with like the it just it comes to friendships it comes down to sharing you know, it's just crazy so anyways
1: yes, uh, yes. But no, the, I, go ahead i do want to add one more thing uh, you're gonna like this too so and we'll talk about this more later when you ask um some future follow or follow-up questions to the main thrust of the conversation but you mentioned my identical twin sister who we are bringing on board as of mid-August to be our office manager
0: <laughs> wow so what about Priscilla's sister
1: I know that's what I'm thinking too. I'm trying to find a role for her she is a librarian her name is Joel and my twin is Natalie and Joy she has a career in her own right but I mean I am thinking oh, about that so maybe yeah. the opportunity will present itself for Joy to be um the final twin can join our um yeah. what, would we, what would we be quadruples <laughs> yeah
0: I mean, I was just thinking like, I mean, it's just (laughs) so wild, but it makes sense to me now. But the, like the statistic is like one in every 250 births or something is our Mm -hmm. identical twins. So you have that statistic and then you have (laughs) someone who actually wants to be a a therapist, but actually wants to like open a private practice, a group Uh private practice, and you all happen to meet. So. That's mind blowing. So that's yes. so cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's right. our unique, that's our unique story. So you know a lot about me, like you said, but then I'm also adding more to the story. I love it. <laughs> I funny?
0: love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to branding a private practice, a lot yeah. has to do with your name, like the naming yes. of the actual private practice. So tell us a little bit why you chose Evergreen as the name for the, your group practice. Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, I have to give credit to the community of therapists that, um, that, Priscilla and I have your locally in the Wheaton area, um, you know, Susan, your wife being uh, a peer and someone we also looked up to because she, you guys started or she started her practice right before Evergreen did. So that kid matters is a great name. Other you know peers we've had in the area. I'm like, they just have wonderful names. They have stories behind them. Um, They really fit the practice. So we had an intuitive sense and great examples to follow from. Um, And then also listening to podcasts that you recommended and also other friends or just, you know, be on all those Facebook groups. Basically, the information (laughs) that you can get inundated with online today is very helpful. But time and again, we kept hearing people say, do not name it after your name unless for some reason your name has some sort of particular meaning or whatever, especially because we wanted to have a group they obviously you know evergreen started with priscilla and i just the two of us you know we mm-hmm. were owners and you know therapists of the practice the first two um but we really had this vision of evergreen or well i guess the nameless practice at the time our practice was going to be a group it was going to essentially become an entity in and of itself right um so we had some criteria so we just had a, we're both really like in some ways, fly by the seat of our pants, but not really. But in some ways, we we both are that way. So we share that. Um, So she and I collaborated a little bit about some of the qualities. What kind of essence did we want behind the name? And we both, in different ways, said timeless. So something that wasn't just a fad, you know, not a word that people weren't going to understand 10 years from now. (laughs) Um, Something in nature, because we both um, think that the natural world symbols like that are They're soothing to people. They have meaning. I mean, humans over time give them meaning. So we're like, something from nature would be great. Um, Yeah, so those are the things. And then, you know, whatever creativity would also inspire us. I have to give... I will say the rest of the credit and the rest of the story to Priscilla. She, um, she has a, she lives in a house that's like over a hundred years old in a local suburb in the area. And they, she has three huge evergreen trees in her yard and she had been spending time outside, just like watching the trees change over time. They kind of look the same. I mean, they are kind of all year round. They have a similar Mm -hmm. look, but she said, you know, if you pay attention to them, they do change with the season. And if you know them really well, you get to kind of see what what kind of, I guess they change um, some shape and color and some of their leaves and they drop pine needles or whatever. I can't tell you the exact things that to asked Priscilla, but she basically said like, I think of our clients that way, or I think of change in people that way, that they can have an everlasting quality or longstanding traits to themselves. And the work of therapy can kind of be long-term. We, I will say we tend to have clients that are long-term, they need longer term work for different reasons. But she's like, but their change is still there. It's still evident. Even when I think those trees aren't changing, they still have some, some things um, seasonally that they go through. Mm-hmm. So she had this beautiful story all about the evergreen. And she was like, I really want to name it evergreen. And then when she said that, I said, well, yeah, the word evergreen itself doesn't even have to just refer to the tree. It refers to the quality of everlastingness, steadfastness, faithfulness, long lasting. It has those qualities. Yeah. Um, in the name. So that's what we came up with. And people love it. I was, a, I, I loved it, but I was surprised that it was received very well.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's a beautiful name. Yeah. And you've done great with your branding. Uh,
1: oh yeah. With the logo, logo. everyone yeah. will say, Yeah, I mean, I if, say. If, when people listen to this, when they look it up, they will be, I think, very impressed with our logo. Yeah. We, yeah. we think we found a good artist and she, we liked her trees she did with other people. So we were like, can you do a, an evergreen in this particular way? Got it. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: I, uh, as we were talking before the show, and I wanted to bring this up, is that your role is pivoting a bit, maybe even significantly, because you are a co-owner, but you are also a therapist. So I'd love for you to share a little bit what you're doing to pivot at the practice as your role, your primary role, and what were the kind of the events and things that were uh, uh, were pushing you in that direction?
1: Yeah, well, So like I said earlier, we're coming up on two years, August 1st. Um, I absolutely anticipated that the first, who knows, year or so would be pretty intense. Uh, I started out seeing about over 20 clients a week while growing a young practice at the tail end of 2018. Um, So it was a lot to handle. I will, to be fair to my past self and the image I'm painting, we had one employee right out the gate. Um, but then we did hire over the next six months quite a few people. And I was still seeing 20 or so at that time. I mean, financially, it sustained the practice. Um, that's what I was used to. Probably some parts of me were like over functioning and overachieving unnecessarily. <laughs> I do <laughs> kind of own those labels and I, I call myself a recovering overachiever. Um, but it, it definitely it reached a, a fever pitch, I think, probably midway through the practice. I mean, mm-hmm. probably, yeah, about year one we were doing a lot. I felt like I was doing too much um, and really just suffered the consequences was definitely showing signs of burnout. I had to take a month sabbatical from clients to, to attend to the practice and then also attend to myself, which I, you know, wisdom told me I needed to do that. And my yeah. community people around me did. Um, and, and so that's kind of like the, the low side of the reasons to pivot but the high side is uh and the story that i like to that i feel like i'm in now i'll say that because uh, the, the pivot has really been over the me the past like six months or so um the high side of the pivot for me is that um the central and core message of evergreen you know in addition to all the fun stories we've talked about with priscilla and i being twins and the beautiful reason we chose the name um Uh, The core message of our branding also, and just really how the practice operates internally, is um, healthy therapists work here. (laughs) Um, We don't use that on our website. You're not going to see that language anywhere on like copy. Mm -hmm. But the the motto I like to say is also additionally healthy therapist, healthy client. So if I am believing that, supporting my staff to be the healthiest therapist that they can be, you know, therefore the clients are getting really good work and they're becoming healthy, then I think it's, you know, not the best modeling for me as one of the co-owners to be burnt out. That's right. Um, so that's, yeah. you know, that's like the, the emotional arc and the reason that why I've really pivoted um, on the low and the high side. Um, additionally, too, I will say, um, I think this comes through in our branding. We really like to have a close-knit community in our practice. We're not that big. Some of that's because of our age. Some of that's in definitely intentional, uh, because we really want the therapists to know each other, because we collaborate. We have shared cases. This field itself is really hard work. I mean, clients come yeah. and kind of do really brave, hard work. Therapists also are at their best. And if you know, if you don't like your coworker just because you don't know them, I think that's a problem. <laughs> so with my role, moving away from clients, so now I'm seeing like a handful a week all of the hours that I was seeing clients, I can now pour into the business on a practical level and then also on a relational level with my therapist. Especially, I will say, I'll reference, we're recording this in the time of the global pandemic in 2020. Yeah, That's done a number on everyone. including oh. you therapists because they're human too, right? I mean, we could go off on a tire tangent or a tired podcast about the stress of that for practice owners or people that are building businesses, oh. but... Suffice to say, I was like, "If 2020 is not the year where I slow down and invest in myself and my therapist, that's that's not right." Yeah. So the pivot is for all those reasons, really, and it really fits with the central reason why Evergreen was created in the first place.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's beautiful and and good for you. I mean, as you mentioned, the pandemic—no one's coming out of this pandemic rested, and now therapists need to carry. The emotions and nervous systems of everybody Mm -hmm. that comes in, who is completely—I mean, it's just so—we saw that. Uh, uh, Susan Mm -hmm. and I are like, "Hey, we're all—you know—everything's back." And then Mm -hmm. therapists are tired; they're just so tired. And so tired. And uh, I think early, early on, oh, probably a year ago, we Mm -hmm. we committed to allowing Susan to have some space, even Mm -hmm. for me, like to go see an acupuncture. Oh gosh, see a therapist like mm-hmm. self-care for that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day you are responsible in subcapacity for the economic well-being of the therapists who are underneath you if you go down they go down too right so yes. it's just like giving yourself permission to invest in yourself because you now have this greater response i mean and then if you're mothers or if you have you know like other things like your children depend on like there are just so many layers as a business owner a private practice owner that uh It's important to recognize the burnout signs, but it's also Uh important to like spend the money and take care of yourself. So that's Uh why we like we spend money on babysitters for Uh date night so we can connect because like you you talk about healthy therapists, like you bring Uh your whole self, you bring your whole self wherever you go. So if your marriage is if your marriage is having problems, you're going to bring that into the private practice. So just uh, so good for you to because that end. And it's a major mindset switch for private practice owners to go where you win. It's a huge mindset. There's guilt. There's I mean, there's there's risk. There's anxiety. But,
1: uh, uh-huh.
0: but if you do it like you did, like you said, everyone's going to win in the end, although it's hard. But everyone will uh, win.
1: Yeah, the transition is not, you know, like you said, it's a huge mindset shift that does take time. Like even the word pivot, I think connotes like it's a hard turn in a different direction or like – I should say the end result will look very different than where you started from, but the pivot mm-hmm. will take it will take its own time, I'll say that.
0: Yeah, it's like a big U-turn.
1: Yeah, it's like a U-turn, exactly. It's a long, <laughs> wide arc, but, um, but some things change more immediately, I will say that too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some things that I was like, I, I will admit to, and I think other group practice owners can admit to, that they will do for far too long when they could have stopped two months ago. <laughs> there's things that I was, you know, that I'm offloading. We're hiring, I already said, our office manager. There's things that, like, you know, I could have probably onboarded her with two months ago, and she's doing it now, Mm. and that's fine. Um, But in the end, I know that everyone's going to win, like you're saying. People will be in roles that they will shine in, and they have time for, and they're getting compensated for, and that, you know, people will, like, reap the benefits from. So I am definitely someone who encourages other practice owners to really kind of like follow their own advice or also pay attention to where like the things don't match up. Like, again, like I said, healthy therapists work here. Hmm. I definitely, you know, I'm seeing how I am such an example of like, not that you have to be perfect, but that we can learn things and we can forget them. And the same is true for growing practice. practice. The intentions that you have at the beginning can kind of get lost because you have to put up fires or the business itself demands you. But then after a while, you really need to kind of like, rethink things step back and then see if it's aligning with the values that you came in with yeah. otherwise i think things can go poorly
0: yeah now i'm curious so if if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking i might i wonder if i'm burned out i'm curious if you could share what were a couple of signs that you were like hmm. this isn't lining up uh this oh is kind God, of a red yeah. flag I, could you share yeah. some of that yeah,
1: yeah i'll share some red flags yeah. so i'll do like different levels to kind of break it down um, so physically, I think that's just really easy. You know, we a lot of people use uppers and downers. You drink a bunch of coffee when you need to be hyped up for something. Adults, especially if I think parents of young kids also, you know, you mm-hmm. use caffeine or tea or something to get yourself up in the morning. I was over consuming. Like, you know, like the the cup of coffee that I enjoy in the morning and truly really enjoy was just like a necessity or something I was desperate for (laughs) or perhaps the first one didn't hit right you know what I mean yeah and like you know what maybe I can have espresso later and then I'll have another black tea at noon I mean I started to see that I was you know just trying to use external resources in a way they're Mm. not meant to be used so like hyping myself up difficulty sleeping my appetite changes I mean I think we adults all know their stressors um and you might overeat some sort of food to be have more pleasure. And then it's like, mm. not pleasurable, uh, which is a theme, I think, for burnout. Pleasure just goes out the window. On an emotional mm. level, I wasn't looking forward to coming to the office. I was dreading it. But then I was confused by it. I'm like, I love my business. I love Evergreen. I say that now with total conviction. I've never fallen out of love with it. But the emotional energy was like gone. And then I would come to work and then just be like, I feel bored and anxious and worried, but then also like flat. Mm. And that's not how you should feel about, I think, yourself or any, your partner or your family member. And then also, not that my business is that, but if I have that, that kind of like, tired, maybe even resentful feeling toward my business. That's not a healthy relationship.
0: <laughs> so we just had some technical difficulties and now we're back and we got everything synced up. So Natasha, why don't you finish up your thought on burnout?
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, and, and I was noticing that, you know, I was uh, forgetting to respond to emails. You know, I read them mm-hmm. maybe between tasks and, you know, the parts of me that helped me to really show up for a high pressure, pressure situation. I'd read the, you know, quick, I wouldn't respond to it. And then, you know, a couple of days later, whoever was waiting for replies like, Hey, Natasha, wonder if we're still on for this or whatever. And you know, that started to happen a couple of times and I probably conveniently ignored it <laughs> wanting to just get stuff done um, and then realized, Oh, this is actually becoming a pattern. So in addition to being, uh, emotionally exhausted and not having an interest in my business and feeling just weird, unexpected things like resentment and anger and annoyance and boredom mm. at work. And then also physically just not being able to rest and then also not feeling rested. Um, I noticed that just tasks were dropping off. And I think, I think people mm. listening who own group practices or own multiple businesses or just entrepreneurs might know that at a certain level, stuff just drop off your plate and that's human. But I was definitely doing it too much, and then part of me is kind of toying with the idea that maybe ultimately, if I'm in a healthy spot, I can respond to every single thing. Maybe sometimes that means I do less in a day. But at that point, I should say, like, just to circle back, it was related to burnout. So who knows what the future holds? I'm still trying to figure out the difference between like high performance and then when I really push past the threshold. But I definitely noticed emotional exhaustion, physical exhaustion, and then I was not following through with things that I needed to follow through with that were you know, important, not emergencies that I neglected, but were absolutely needed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that.
0: And I'm going to ask you the things that you're going to be transitioning out of and into, and you talked mm-hmm. about hiring your sister, how that's going to yeah. help. But first, I would like to share before we go on. I wanna remind the listeners about a free resource that they can use. Now look, most therapists start a private practice to generate more income and have a greater impact on the communities that they serve. But the problem is most therapists lack the marketing skills to generate growth and attract new clients. Now that's why I've created the Private Practice Marketing Roadmap. It's a free video mini course that I walk you through the three pillars of private practice marketing. If you need fresh ideas about marketing yourself as a clinician or your private practice, you just, or you just need help with the marketing strategy, go to brandyourpractice.com forward slash roadmap. It's completely free, and it will help you stand out from the competition and attract your ideal client. So just go to brandyourpractice.com forward slash roadmap to get started today. All right, so Natasha, the long U-turn, not so much the, the pivot, mm-hmm. but the long U-turn, mm-hmm. uh, you're now and a different you're functioning differently so share a little bit about what that looks like for you now and as you're hiring and some support it sounds like which is great
1: yeah so um so definitely we talked about burnout being you know some uh, giving me those red flags i need to pay attention to um you know priscilla my business partner reminded me of things that we we still want to do right Mm -hmm. because i think that (laughs) normally came up in conversations around burnout was like, okay, when we're not burned out, what do we want to do? Um, so, so the, the, the long U-turn includes all the things that we're talking about and in addition to the, the roles or maybe duties or departments that I had, I mean, we're a small business, so yeah. talking about myself, myself in multiple <laughs> roles makes it sound huge, but I mean, that's the life of an entrepreneur or at least a young business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing, I'll, I'll break it down into three things that I think, um, generally speak to what I'm allowed to do now or able to do and healthy enough to do. Um, one is supervision. So I um, I pursued or I'm finishing up, I should say. It's a kind of a lengthy process of becoming what's called an approved supervisor through the AAMFT, the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapists, because my license is an LMFT. So that's my profession. That's what my degree is in, MFT work. Um, and that's my professional association that I am a part of and, and really spearheads uh, advocacy for MFTs in the U.S. So there is a specific track. I mean, it's I joke that it's kind of like getting a master's degree again. It's not that intense. But you have to go through a CEU, an online class. You write papers. You respond to prompts. You um, finish with like a, like a little capstone paper about your philosophy of supervision. So I've been going through that process because it's helped me um, supervise some of the young clinicians at the practice. Um, and it also gives me, you know, that credential mm-hmm. uh, for the future that I do want to use as an uh, to advertise to actually provide supervision in the practice to therapists who aren't part of my business. So essentially like, you know, if I was doing twenty hours of client work, I think in the future I'd like to do maybe five hours of supervision a week to people who are not um, employed by Evergreen and require supervision. Hmm. So I can advertise myself as, you know, hey, Natasha maybe is not seeing clients right now, but she co-owns Evergreen. And if you're a therapist looking at the website, just know that you can get some, you know, MFT supervision from her if you'd like to. So that is a, you know, I'm building that in to a future plan. And I do literally have the time to do it. Plus I have the expertise and the training. Hmm. Um, And then that also fits with Evergreen's vision. Like it's not a skill set that I'm just going to advertise to make more income for outside clinicians. Obviously, that's great. But I also want to, um, I I should say this, I am taking on the exclusive role of clinical director. Okay. So in the kind of like the grand scheme of things, well, I should say with the pandemic, we talked about burnout and therapists being tired. Um, <laughs> as a clinical director, I have been the one to like bring up certain issues in meetings or email therapists be like, Hey, I think we should have a group consult to support each other. I'm making the call as a clinical director and someone who has this advanced supervisor credential to say that this pandemic is making us so tired that we need mm-hmm. to like circle the wagons more. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then like long-term dreams I have is like, you know, if there is a, a trend in the practice of people wanting to get a specific type of training, I'd like to provide supervision about, you know, a certain population that we're serving in our client work or like with all of the, um, I mean, you know, George Floyd's murder and what that mm-hmm. has done to America, the protests, social change, what people are talking about in social media 24-7. Um, yeah. That's also affected therapists as humans, but also as, as clinicians. So as a clinical director role. I want to be able to, and we do have plans to do training about like, what is cultural competence? What are racial biases? You -hmm. know, how is that going to affect you in the therapy room? So that is um, like a whole role that we're still developing and I'm already kind of doing, (laughs) but where we have more plans for different things. And then that's going to become more of a formal role. So the supervision, the clinical directing. um, And I will say um, that the marketing piece, as far as our social media is changing this year, we did hire, um, her name's Andrea. I I can, Maybe you can put it in the show notes. I don't want to advertise her because I want her for us. <laughs> she um, she does our social media, so she manages our Facebook page. She makes infographics. Um, she makes our website look beautiful. We're changing things around. Um, she does a wonderful work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, long story short, if I'm I'm more available now to talk to her about you know, like essentially planning like quarters ahead, which I never thought I could do. We're doing that now, and I don't have a formal role in marketing. I mean, she's our marketing person. We've hired her as a Mm -hmm. contractor Mm -hmm. but um she does need us to us Priscilla and I both to be available for different things so if something happens she's like hey there's these protests going on um in Chicago you know there's activists they're getting burned out do you have do you want to attract activists to your practice to serve them as you know therapy Mm -hmm. Uh, do you want to provide that service to them then how can the social media reflect you know things that the practice can offer Which she can come up with on her own. I mean, she is really knowledgeable about therapists and how to market us. But she needs to hear Evergreen's voice, whether that's, you know, we have someone write a blog or she says, hey, Natasha, can you give me a couple like a quote or can you write me a long Instagram caption about like, you know, regulating your nervous system if you're going to a protest. So, I mean, months ago, I was like, I'm sorry, Andrea, again, I can't answer your email. Can you make up something that that I can approve? But rather than improving things in the back end, I would like to be available to, like, interface with her all the time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So those are the the roles and the the things that I'm trying to develop right now. But they definitely are um, aligned with our core vision of, like, the practice needs to be healthy and the reflect the healthy work that we do. Um, And then, of course, you know, supervising therapists is also part of keeping them happy, healthy, and doing their best work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You know, from what I hear uh from my clients and Susan, like a lot of people leave agencies because of burnout, like big agencies where they're seeing 25, 30 clients a week oh, yeah. and they they don't feel cared for. They do not feel cared for. And and if if your private practice could be a place where other healthy clinicians are, because, you know, there's some clinicians mm-hmm. who are burned out and want to get healthy and they come to your place and it's sort of like, wait, what? I don't have to wait. This is amazing. This is actually restful. And they need that because of the stuff that they're taking on every day for for the practice and helping people.
1: Yes. Um, absolutely. So that's
0: great. Wow. That's so Yeah, good. that's
1: our vision. Yeah. And I mean you and Susan are experiencing it. And I do think like there's a certain group of therapists, and I don't think it's too small, and practice owners specifically, that know that how important the environment is. To keeping their therapist not only satisfied at an employee level, but not burned out. Mm -hmm. Because the point of the work is so that I think, I think, I'm a firm believer, that the therapist shows up at their healthiest every hour as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Obviously, being human, maybe sometimes showing up to sessions, being a little bit more sleepy or a little more burned out, that happens. Sure. But if I, as a practice owner, and I'm sure Susan would agree, anyone, you know, in our little group <laughs> who are of this place, if we can do as much in our power as possible to protect our therapists, clients are gonna be, leave happy every session. They're gonna get their money's worth. They're gonna feel like their, you know, hard work is uh, returned, right, in a positive way. And then they're also going to spread the word and, and then your practice or Evergreen, speaking for myself, is gonna make a positive impact in the world. Yeah. Um, Which is great. And obviously, the business can sustain itself through the sheer number, but ultimately, that impact is really that intangible health that's out in the world when clients leave your office is, you know, that's the dream.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, your being vulnerable, talking about burnout and just the, wildness of the twin thing in the beginning like that was like i was sort of like yeah hey, i wonder how she's gonna answer this and i was like way more surprised I was like
1: i know right really? oh my god yeah you didn't know uh, what kind of can of worms you were opening up <laughs> or a fun <laughs> story i should say yeah story that you were unraveling you just barely had one thread you pulled it and then yeah 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 i love some wild stories i appreciate you um again like i said in the beginning thank you for inviting me yeah. Um I'd love I'm I'm definitely going to listen to this to he- hear the story again <laughs> from the listener perspective and uh I want to listen to the rest of the episodes that you release too. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Well tell people where they can learn more about you uh maybe even your future supervision services and sure, like
1: yeah yeah yeah. So um so I am on the cusp of getting my final certification all completed. I mean it's like getting a license to Personally, I have to submit paperwork to the state of Illinois. No, or, sorry, not state of Illinois. That's my license. I have to submit paperwork to the AMFT. They give me, like, the stamp of approval, essentially, and then I'm an approved supervisor. Um, so that is, you know, on the very near horizon. Um, you can follow our practice. I mean, you can look at our website. It's Evergreen Counseling, spelled how you'd think it's spelled. But instead of .com, it's .co. So evergreencounseling.co. And then our Instagram handle is evergreen underscore counseling underscore LLC. Because someone else had the other name. <laughs> they had you know, they had the format before we did. There's another evergreen counseling. World. I'm sure they're great. Yeah. Uh, but that's why people can follow us, our website, and then our Instagram handle. Um, and then people can reach out to me. I mean, my email is natasha at Counseling.co, just at the domain. Um, I'm happy. Well, I should say, especially now that I'm I'm making the long U turn away from being really overloaded, I can now respond to people's phone calls and voicemails and emails. So, if people are interested in anything that I've talked about, I mean, obviously clients reach all the time. But if someone wants supervision, is in the area or in the city of Illinois, I'm happy to do that via Zoom. Like, I really, and Evergreen itself, I know this is definitely my Natasha story, but Evergreen itself loves to support clinicians. We're like Hmm. a practice that we want therapists to want to be at forever. And then we also want to be connected to other therapists. So don't even work for evergreen, but if we can support them in a certain way and specifically supervision with me, I, I am, that is, like at the, that is the intersection of my, I think my passion, my purpose, and the pleasure I get from this work right now.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you found this conversation useful, subscribe to the podcast, maybe even share it with somebody. And please join me again next time for the Brand Your Practice podcast.